0: Hi, and welcome to the Burning Ones podcast. Our desire is to see people all around the world burn for one name, Jesus. We pray that you experience the love and power of him through this journey. Thank you for joining us, and may burning witnesses arise. In Matthew chapter 16, I want you to know before we even get going that I have an agenda. I have a motive. I have something that I'm actually after seeing God accomplish this morning, and it is that a holy hunger, I'm just going to put it out in the very beginning so that you are not somehow surprised when we get towards where it is that we are going to conclude, but that a holy hunger would completely overwhelm you this morning, something that is just incomprehensible to what you have thought normal has meant up until right now, but that God would do something in your heart and that it would be so real and so severe, so real and so severe, that you would be overtaken by a burning passion, a hunger for the person of Jesus. Because Jesus is what this thing is all about. Jesus is the one that we have given our lives to. He is this great king, and he is not king by way of democracy, meaning you and I did not choose him. We did not cast our vote. We did not get to determine in the political process of who was going to have what position, but the Father has declared that he is king of every king. He is Lord of every Lord, and he is the Father's jealousy, the beauty of this son to whom he loves dearly, and he is working a bride for that day of the great revealing, and you and I are in the company of people that have yielded our hearts and lives to this great king and the ways of his kingdom, and having seen him, we love him, possibly not having all of what we feel we need from him, we are blessed to have caught a glimpse of him, and a glimpse is more than enough to give him everything and even with but a glimpse regardless of the degree of revelation you may feel you currently have apprehended by way of the spirit we have seen him and our hearts burn for him because I may not be able to answer all of the questions that I'm in tension about over him but I have seen enough of him to give him everything and in Matthew chapter 16, it actually opens with a unique situation. We find two different groups of people, that being the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and it says that they come to Jesus. It's an interesting phrase. They come to Jesus. But verse one tells us that they're coming to test him. You see, not everybody comes to Jesus for the same reason. You know we we have this thing in our hearts at times that we feel like we've come to him we feel like there was a day where we turned a corner in our heart and where we made a intentional decision that we were going to choose him that i made a decision that i'm now going to walk with him i made an intentional conscious deliberate decision that i am going to target my affection or the devotion of my life towards him as a person and even though minimally, somewhat, there may be an element of truth in that the only reason that you've ever been able to choose him to see him to walk with him is because he first chose you you see we we respond, we don't initiate no man comes to the father except that The Spirit would draw him. So even in what we may believe is our choosing of Jesus, it's because his choosing for you has relentlessly pursued you in days when you didn't want him, has continually come after you in ways where you may have rejected him, He's continually sought you out. He's continually put people in your life. He's continually set situations up. He's gone day after day after day after day after day trying to get your attention. And then we come to a moment where we come to Jesus. And these guys are unique because they're Pharisees and Sadducees. And they come to Jesus because they want to test him. You see they live a life of external devotion they live a life where their lifestyle has become impressive to men but they've become unimpressed with Jesus and they come to test him and it says that they demand a sign from Jesus you see there's something about our religious devotion At times where the temptation or the persuasion comes in that very easily goes from devotion to entitlement. (laughs) And they come to Jesus because of their lifestyle. And they demand that he give them a sign. You see, and now maybe you wouldn't necessarily consider your life or me even at times consider my life to fall into this category, but oh, how easy it happens. You see, entitlement is nothing more than expectation that has become corrupted. (laughs) It's expectation that has become corrupted. There's nothing wrong with expectation, but once our expectation has been corrupted, it easily turns into entitlement, where we feel like because of the way we live, we now deserve certain things out of the one that we claim to serve. (laughs) And they come to Jesus, Our faithfulness, our life of devotion, our external behaviors are putting a demand that you do something, that you show us something, that you respond to what it is that we are doing. And I would just like to simply ask all of us as we've gathered here this way this morning, do you feel that God owes you something? Do you feel he owes you something? And if so, I would ask you, what? You see, they've entered into complexity of walking with Jesus. They've forsaken simplicity. You see, Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven three, 3, I fear that just as the devil and all of his craftiness was able to deceive Eve, he's talking to a group of people. He says I'm actually afraid that even as the enemy was able to bring deception into the heart and life of Eve that you are going to miss the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ you see simplicity means only complexity means and David writes in Psalm 62 my soul waits in silence for God only. Verse 1, for he alone is my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be greatly shaken, Psalm 62, 1 and 2, verses 5 and 6. He says, my soul waits in silence for God only. You see, in order to have a burning heart, we need an only anchored in our hearts. In order to escape the complexity of trying to put demands on Jesus, meaning I need Jesus and because I've been faithful. I need Jesus and because of my lifestyle. I need Jesus and because of how I've become impressive over time and because of the applause and the opinions of the crowd around me. There's Jesus and a sign. The psalmist writes, I'm waiting for one thing. My soul is waiting for one thing. Paul writes, I'm I'm actually fearful that you're going to become deceived and that you're going to miss the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And these guys have come to Jesus and they're putting demands on him. There's something that you have to do for me. There's something that you have to show me. There's a request that I'm demanding you answer. There's something that because of my lifestyle, because of my behavior, because of my faithfulness, because of the way that I've chosen to demonstrate or express this devotion, there's something else other than you that my behavior has been tethered into. Does he owe you something? Jesus then begins to speak to the disciples and he says, I actually want you to beware, this is Matthew 16, verse 6, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And now they're confused and they don't really understand what he's saying and they start talking about, man, we missed it, bro. Like we should have brought more bread with us. But Jesus comes back to them because it says, knowing What they were talking about or knowing what was in their hearts, he has come to clear up any confusion by what it is that he's saying. You see, I'm greatly encouraged that Jesus is not bound to my lack of interpretation when I know that there are certain things he is speaking or revealing in my direction that even at times when I may not necessarily get it all the way, even at times when I may hear his voice, but I'm not able to interpret what it is that he really means by the things that he's revealing, even in times when with all of my heart, I may in an authentic, innocent way be trying to be faithful with what he's saying, and I'm just a little off, he's faithful to come back and he says you see you 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 don't understand yet what it is that I'm talking about you think I'm talking about bread but I'm actually talking about the mindset I'm talking about how easy it is to become distorted how easy it is to become corrupted how easy it is to become deceived and I'm talking about a leaven that could get into your heart and work its way through the whole lump I'm not just talking about naturally because naturally we've had the feeding of the 5000 and the feeding of the 4000 don't you remember that there were times when that's what I was saying but now and it says they enter into the city, the region of Caesarea Philippi and Jesus looks at them and he says this is verse 13 who who do men say that I am and they say well bro word on the street is that uh, some are saying that you're John the Baptist and some are saying that you're Elijah and some are saying that you're Jeremiah see, because he came and preached a coming kingdom, they thought that he was John resurrected. Because he wept over Jerusalem longing to gather them, they thought that he was the weeping prophet Jeremiah. Because he was a miracle worker and they saw him raise the dead and heal the leper and open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf and multiply food, they thought that he was Elijah. But Jesus looks at them and he says, but who... Who do do you say that I am? You see, because there has to come a moment in all of our lives where our experience with Jesus becomes something that we have ownership of. And it's not any longer simply only built off of other people's opinions about Jesus, but to where you in your own heart have secured a revelation of Jesus because of who he has revealed himself to you to be, because of the way that you have intimately Powerfully walked with him over time and you have built history with Jesus in such a place that is able for you to now sift through all of what may be opinions about him because of the revelation of him that has come crashing into your heart and Jesus is asking them you have been with me you've been with me I've spoken to you, I've walked with you I've shown you things. Do you know me well enough by now? And Peter says, Lord, for you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, there's no way that a man's opinion could have given that to you. There's no way that flesh and blood could have simply been what has revealed this to you but my father which is in heaven has chosen to show you something about me by the spirit Peter has seen something in Jesus which is by the spirit we must be able and continually contend to see something in and of Jesus that is by the spirit and he says you've seen something by the spirit and this is where Peter gets tested Because once he comes into this revelation, Jesus ups the ante in the conversation. And he says, now that you have seen me by the Spirit, let me tell you what I'm like and let me show you what I'm all about. And he says, I'm actually headed towards Jerusalem where I will be handed over and I will be betrayed and I will be beaten and I will actually be brutally murdered here soon. And this is where things get a little comical for me because The Bible says that Peter pulls Jesus aside and rebukes Jesus. Man, like, are you kidding? Yo, there may have been some people over my lifetime that I thought were a little off or potentially in error. There may have been some moments that presented themselves for me to pull someone aside into a private rebuke but I don't know if I would be so bold, so daring being face to face with God to pull God aside and to say, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. Bro, you are talking some foolishness right now. Like you have meant, you have lost your mind. He says, surely these things will never happen to you. And Jesus looks into the face of Peter, who just a few moments ago, we're in the same chapter, we're just a couple of verses down, just a few moments ago had this glorious celebration from Jesus because of the way revelation has hit his heart by the Spirit. The same guy, a few moments later, Jesus looks into the face of and says, get behind me, Satan, for you don't have the things of God in mind, but you are actually a stumbling block to me. For you only have the mind of the flesh. You only have the thoughts of the flesh in mind. You see, it's one thing to say we love him. It's another thing to fully let him be himself. (laughs) And what I mean by fully be himself is that we don't get to control the conversation. Our lifestyle does not get to demand a certain direction of the narrative. Jesus is himself. He is holy, he is other than, he is separate, he is set apart, he is glorious, he is majestic, he is wonderful and beautiful, but we do not get to puppeteer him by our lifestyle of devotion that is unto him. There's great danger in letting Jesus be himself. You see, and Peter understands. Man, I've seen you, but the way you are is challenging to some of the goals that I have. <laughs> he said, man, the things that you have to say, bro, you don't understand, man. They're disrupting some of the dreams that I have. You see, Jesus' words, his behavior, his ways didn't line up with all of the dreams that Peter currently held. Has Jesus become an inconvenience to some of your ambition? Has he become an inconvenience to some of the dreams that you've been building? Because again, we easily let things go from our lips, but do they match up with what's coming off of your life? You see because it's it's nothing to say that we're hungry for him it's nothing to say that he's all that i want it's nothing to say you're the only one i'm after those things are easy to say but do they line up with what your life is preaching do they line up with what's actually coming out by way of the way you are living by the embodiment by the substance of who you are as a person this is the deception is to fall into a place where our language receives an idea of who Jesus is, but our lifestyle becomes challenged by who he actually is. And Peter pulls Jesus aside, and he's like, bro, listen, man, I've got some things going on that you're about to mess up. There's no way that you can go and die. I understand, like, I, I get it, maybe you've just had a lapse you know, of of proper thinking for a moment, but but you got to get it together because there's some things that, you know, me and the guys have been talking and we've been trying to build something and we feel as if, man, we've got a good thing going on and this has been going somewhere and if you are really going to do the things that you're talking about doing, man, that's an inconvenience to me because it doesn't match well. It's not bringing harmony to the plans that I have. You're not seeming to be concerned with the direction that me and the guys want to go and so I've got to pull you aside and tell you to get a hold of yourself. Jesus says, if anybody's going to come after me, let him first pick up his cross. Let him deny himself. You see, self-denial is the doorway to discipleship. It's the laying down of the eye. Paul says, for the whole world has been crucified to me and I to it. And it's no longer I that live, right? Galatians 2, it's no longer I that live. This I is extremely beautiful because it's not the old I Right, I I know the, the person that I used to be. I don't want to be that person anymore. Jesus has laid it down. It's in the grave. It's buried. It's dead. It's gone. I don't want to ever go back to who I used to be, but Jesus in Paul is not only declaring and referencing a sense of an old life, but he's also communicating that there is a surrender of this new I where we don't become so infatuated with the idea of what Jesus has done in us over time, that we are no longer willing to submit and surrender and lay down and be inconvenienced and be detoured. We sing songs like, my life is not my own, and then we spend all of our days and all of our efforts trying to cling to, by way of preservation, the idea of what our dream in Jesus should look like. And Peter is being confronted By who Jesus really is. And you see, I I feel this is exactly what Paul was speaking about. He said, I'm actually afraid that you guys are gonna start to try to, to build something or do something, and you're gonna miss the simplicity and purity of devotion unto Christ. And God has to, by way of the Spirit, at times intervene and step in front of us and say, Do you have an only in your heart still? Or have you built these ands over time? Like, yeah, 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 I love Jesus. Like, I get that. Like, we've done that. Like, I've been there. Like, it's cool. Like, I man, like, we've, we've already got that kind of set up, that's already kind of taken care of itself. You know, but now, now I'm going on to these other things and yeah, because I've got Jesus now and now I need him to do this and because I've got Jesus now and now I need him to build this because I've got Jesus now and like, I, I mean, it'd be cool and if he did this or if he said that or if, if he made this happen, like all of these other ands can become extremely complex and they over time can eventually begin to eclipse the desire that we have in the place of only. where what he's doing in our life eclipses the one who's actually doing it in our life. Where the responsibilities he's given us, where the place in life that he's put us, where the things that we're contending for, the things we desire to see breakthrough in, have actually eclipsed the simplicity of a love that in the beginning days were solely tied into one person and one thing, as David said. There's one thing I'm after. Do you have an only in your heart? Or has your only become compounded with other distractions that have sought to eclipse the wholeness of your affections being given over to Jesus? Because anything that is competing. For our affection must be seen as an enemy if it is bringing distortion to the way that we love Jesus. It's got to be more than just what comes off of our lips. Peter had a revelation that came off of his lips, but it did not match up with the way he was willing to live his life. I understand at times the weight of the way Jesus reveals himself. But may we never be those who become inconvenienced by who he is and how he is. (laughs) But may we provide a place for Jesus, the highest place in our hearts, that we may wholly give our lives over to him. Holy, yes, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and holy, H-O-L-Y. May we be those who with all of what we are and have lay it down because of the way that he has laid his life down unto us. And may we holy, H-O-L-Y, live lives that are set apart, live lives that are devoted, they are consecrated, they are tethered to a real person. And his desires, because I've caught a glimpse Of this great King are now the only thing that I'm interested in being the main influence the dominant theme in my life is Jesus only and whatever comes out of that praise God but if I don't have that it's time to lay it down again because it's not just this old I it's the new I also it's not I that live but Christ. Not the old eye, not the new eye. Not the eye that you're so diligently trying to work on, but it's it's Jesus in us. And it's his choosing of us. And it's his love that is over us. And it's his desire that is towards us. And it's his destiny that he speaks over us. And it's the dream that he has for you and for me. And it's the way that he has connected himself to us that enables us to be able to love him the way that he deserves. So this is all I'm going to do this morning because I believe with all of my heart that the Lord is simply just looking for a people that would love him with all of your life and not just with your lips and that you would allow the Lord once again to secure an anchor of only. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We pray that it has fanned into flame the love that you have for him. If you would like more information about Burning Ones, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, visit our website, burningones.org, or download our app.